This episode of Kiwi Rider Podcast is brought to you by Shiny Side Up. Join the Shiny Side Up team for a very special live stream event on the 10th of April for a chance to win your share of over $8,000 worth of prizes. We'll be joined by some awesome local and international motorcycling experts such as Chaotic Blonde, Sam McCafferty, Andrew Stroud, Kevin Williams, Dr. Chris Huron, Jay Reeve and Charlie Borman. Shiny Side Up Online, April 10th, 2022. Proudly brought to you by Ride Forever, ACC, Waka Kotahi New Zealand Transport Agency and MSAC. For more information, check out the Shiny Side Up Facebook page or shinysideup.co.nz. And thanks for supporting Kiwi Rider Podcast. Hello and welcome to Kiwi Rider Podcast. My name is Ray here and great to have you along on this week's show. We've got a jam-packed show once again for you. We've got uh, upwards of, oh, like 30-odd minutes. Uh, later on in the show, we're going to be catching up with a story that came out in Kiwi Rider Magazine, uh, the Pan America versus the V-Strom. Now, if you're a long-time listener of the podcast, you would have re- you would remember the three-part series where we headed to the South Island. We tried to do the Molesworth. We didn't. Uh, and it was it was a three-part series. It was three weeks. We took you along for the ride on the Pan America versus the V-Strom. This is the story now that went out in Kiwi Rider Magazine, uh, January 2022, Volume 2. So you can catch the full story at kiwirider.co.nz, or we've got that story for you in this week's podcast. Also, we've got a brand new segment on the show, and it's called Real Kiwi Riders, where we're going to be catching up with real Kiwi riders. Surprise, surprise. So that's all coming up in this week's podcast. Uh, of course, if you want to get hold of us, uh, please do. You can email me, podcast at kiwirider.co.nz. You can get hold of us on social media. We're on Facebook, TikTok, TikTok and Instagram as well. And of course, everything we talk about on the show goes out on t7adventures.com and on throttle.co.nz. Without further ado, let's get into it. Let's touch base with our first Real Kiwi Rider. Real. 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 Real Kiwi Riders. Real. Real. Real Kiwi Riders. Real Kiwi Riders. One person I was very, very excited that put his hand up to have a chat was the one and only 101 BT himself, Ben Townley. Hello. G'day, mate. Yeah, yeah. I put myself in that category as a Kiwi, Kiwi Rider, eh? All shapes and forms these days. Yeah, for sure. Um, many of our listeners will be familiar with your name. If they're not, they can go through your uh, your your Wikipedia page, uh, Supercross, uh, MX2, World Champion, uh, done big things overseas and here in New Zealand. I actually count myself as lucky to have seen you race uh, around Digger McHugh and Motocross Park in Topor and lapping riders and leaving people in the dust. <laughs> That was that must have been a few moons ago, mate. <laughs> I haven't done that. I haven't left anyone in my dust for a while, to be fair. So yeah, it must have been a while back. But yeah, no, it was, it was a cool time racing. Definitely, I um, you had a yeah, I just got to live a dream, really, uh, which was pretty neat. Hey, what's really cool is I see on um, social media as well. You've got a young fella that uh, that's following in Dad's footsteps now. Yeah, yeah, I've got two of them actually. Yeah, so they um, they're right into it. And they, they they just love the sport, and I guess the same through the same reasons that I love it. Really, they just you know have got started, and they've got um, 
that buzz for us that you get, you know, at a, at a young age, you know, and everyone generally that would be listening to this would have a some type of a motorcycling background in some shape or form, I guess. And so, yeah, they've got that same buzz that we all get and they really enjoy it. So I, I love doing it with them. I guess there's, um, you know, i got a, uh, quite a big sense of pride in, in that and, and seeing them um, doing something that, that I love doing as well. So when I go out and get to, you know, do that with them and help them, and it's, it's, it's really cool. It's, um, it's a lot of fun, actually. Has it always been uh, Supercross and Motocross that spun your wheels, or did you? Uh, I probably look at your at your Wikipedia page, but did you get into uh, cross country or trail riding or everything? The lot, the whole lot. Yeah, yeah. Well, to be honest, a lot of um, that early days were, or outside of Motocross, uh, was was veg. Really, you know, was um, enduro and and, um, and trail riding. I mean, trail riding. I guess wasn't what it is these days, but certainly uh, if you call that more on that off-road type of scene was with veg and you know just learning the, learning some really really good fundamentals uh, for riding a yeah, riding a dirt bike really, and they they cross over uh, at, at all times of your riding life. Hey, they still do these days. Um, you know, riding an adventure bike. I'm just driving down the down the line right now to, uh, to Masterton, you know, and so yeah, the the early years were just riding anything and everything, I guess, um, you know, mainly motocross to start with, and obviously a lot of grass track riding, you know, TTs, and then um, some enduro and then cross country stuff, and um, yeah, just just the whole. I, I was, I guess, really fortunate, and I think uh, most Kiwi riders are. You have the um, opportunity in New Zealand to really be exposed to all of that, all of that, all the different codes is what you'd call it. And you don't need to have uh, different bikes for all of them, you know. Like I was just mainly grew up on KX80, 85s and 125s and, and used that one bike to be able to do all of it, you know. And um, I guess that was, I guess that's where you just really get so much uh, love for the sport, you know, what you can do on one on one dirt bike, you know, where it can take you and, and what you can do. Yeah. And, of course... I guess, um, I guess just to really finish that in this country, though, you know, like it's so accessible what you can do on a dirt bike in this country. It's, it's pretty neat. And thinking of thinking of what you can do on a dirt bike in this country nowadays, you're uh, you're on a Tenere 700 with 101 Adventures. Tell us about that. Yeah, yes, bloody neat. Eh? That, that's a real... That's a really cool bike. And the most... Uh, I get the most fun bike that I've got in the shed at the moment, to be honest. I, I think just because you, the places that you, you end up seeing and going, and it's so far off the beaten track, but yet so accessible on on the Tenere, and uh, I've been really enjoying that and and doing. Uh, and you and you do it, you know, well, a lot of the riding I've been doing anyway, and, and with a small group of mates, you know, exploring. I guess um, for me it, it really is exploring because setting up routes for other riders and so you're trying to work out how to link things up and, um, you know, starting to go into areas of the country that I certainly have never been. You know, I've, I've travelled the length of this country, you know, my entire life for riding dirt bikes, but you're in a, in a, in a van or in a ute in a trailer 
and so you don't go anywhere near off the beaten path, you know. And so it's been really interesting seeing what's just over on that valley beside us, uh, and then and where that takes you, and how you can connect dots between between areas. It's been really really cool, you know. If I speak just about at the moment, we're setting up the Yamaha Adventure Ride and going from Napier to Castle Point. You know, and how we're uh, how close we are to pretty much the coastline, the entire way down, and the views are just spectacular. You know, it's just been um, so cool to to be able to start to look at that. You know, to add that code of writing, you know, to to what I do as well. Totally. Now, tell us about that. Last couple of years, it's been the Tenere Tour. This year, it's opened up to anything Yamaha, right? Yeah, yeah, it has been. Obviously. Um, COVID's probably been a big, big impact on that. You know, the like anything, uh, with a lot of you know um, products that are coming into the country, the generator's been really held up, unfortunately. And so we decided to open it up uh, further to Yamaha models. And yeah, so it's, it's going to be a, a great ride open to all Yamaha uh, adventure models. Really, I guess. Um, Depending on how adventurous you are and where you, you know, what what you think you can, where you think you can go on a, on a road registered Yamaha, really. So uh, yeah, it's shaping up to be a brilliant ride. It's going to start in Napier on the 31st of March and head down and finish in Castle Point for night one. And it's day one is not a whole heap of extreme or, or testing riding, but there's so much. Uh, private property that we cover on quite big stations, basically just making our way down that coastline um, uh, with, that, with a small loop that goes inland to the west and then comes back out. So that's day one and then day two from Castle Point, we trek back north a bit again in Cloverleaf, basically uh, to the west and back out to Castle Point and that's, uh, that's got some uh, at least at least one, if not two of them, I'd, I'd grade as, as a, I don't know, uh, sort of specific adventure terms, but I'd, I'd class it as grade four, grade five, um, breakout loops, a couple of those. And, um, that's really, really exciting, uh, riding. It's going to be really cool for those guys that really want to get adventurous. But, uh, just alone on, on day two there, there's five breakouts on day two and that finishes in Munborough. Uh, again, quite a bit of coastal riding again, which is really, really cool. And then for the final day, we leave Munborough, make our way uh, all the way to Wellington and then turn to the east and come back up the east coast. And that day three is is pretty spectacular. It's got some, some parts of New Zealand that probably, you know, uh, are not that easy to access. I know it's been very hard for us to gain that access and you know to be able to do that on day three is going to be really really cool to take the the group of riders that are coming along on the Yamaha Adventure Ride for 2022 through there it's going to be uh, yeah, re- something pretty special really if somebody's on the fence about this, um, like myself, I got a Tenere 700 here, but I'm not like the 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 best of the best, you know. I'm not hugely experienced. Um, are we talking? You need 50/50 tires. You need more aggressive. You need knoblies. How hard out is it? Well, I I run Michelin, and I ride everywhere on uh, an, a Michelin adventure. And then some people say, oh, well, that might be, you know. 
all right for you. I, I advise most people to run an Anarchy Wild is what I do, front and rear for this ride. I mean, that just gives a level of confidence uh, for the off-road stuff, I believe, and uh, allows you still to have a, you know, obviously a good uh, level of confidence on road. But, you know, a majority of the stuff that I set out uh, is, is gravel-type riding, and then I'm starting to now venture more into, into adding the, the real uh, farm, I guess uh, you'd call it, breakouts. Like I said, day one, there's nothing extreme at all. Day, day two has some really, really gnarly stuff, but that's obviously optional. Um, and and I guess you know that's where the, the Anarchy Wild would come into play, really. And then, again, for day three, uh, an Anarchy Wild is beneficial for a guy that you know, just wants to make sure they've, they've got that extra bit of grip, to be honest with you. Fair enough. If people want to find out more about the uh, the Yamaha uh, Adventure Ride for 2022, um, just head to your website? Yeah, 101adventures.co.nz, and uh, you'll see on there, uh, just go into ADV, or, you know, Adventure, ADV, and then uh, it'll have the, the link in there. It has all the details of the ride. So, yeah, it's, it's shaping up to be... Oh, it's, Definitely, this is our third year running it. I was pretty, uh, you know, green to it, I guess you'd say, for the first year when the Tenere's re- released. And yet last year was was a great ride. It was a shame for day three. We um, had something truly special lined up for day three, and the weather put paid to that, so we didn't get to go and, and experience that. But, uh, you know, this ride um, will be able to cover the entire ride, rain, hail or shine, and and it's got um, more and more breakouts. You know, as as the years have gone on, I've uh, been able to really understand the adventure market obviously a lot more. And so this year, it's got a you know, huge amount of breakouts or across uh, at least day two and day three. Outstanding. Well, thank you very much for uh, for running us through that. And if people want to find out more, 101adventures.co.nz. Thank you very much for taking the time to have a chat. And maybe we'll catch up with you after the ride and see how it went. Yeah, mate, sounds good, Ray. Or hopefully uh, we'll get you along, mate. Potentially, why not? <laughs> oh, yeah, mate. Uh, ben Talley, 101 Adventures, thank you very much for your time, and we look forward to catching up with you next time. Cheers. From January 2022, Volume 2, you'll see a full double-page spread of one Pan America versus V-Strom 1050. Molesworth Misadventure is what we've called it, and I thought I would share this story with you now. In case you missed the three-part series late last year, in which we took the Pan America and the V-Strom 1050 to the South Island to try and do the Molesworth, it didn't quite pan out that easily. If you want the full story and all the photos, check out kiwirider.co.nz, January 2022, Volume 2. Now, I've been keen to ride the Harley-Davidson Pan America ever since it appeared on the market, and especially since buying and owning my own adventure bike, the Yamaha Tenere 700. The Pan America is a brand new model and a start of the new engine platform for Harley-Davidson, who has stuck to its American roots of cruises up until now. So, when I was offered a test machine, we came up with the idea of riding it together with a stalwart of the gravel adventure touring scene, Suzuki's V-Strom. More specifically, the latest DL1050XT that Jock was so impressed with when he rode it last year. 
Rather than just do some day rides, though, I figured hopping on a ferry to go and do some gravel road trips around the top of the South Island would be exactly the sort of riding potential riders of both bikes would plan to do with their summer holiday roadie. Okay, so on the face of it, these bikes are really quite different. You might not even think they're in the same class, but I would beg to differ. Both bikes fit into the adventure touring category. Both have 1,000cc plus engines, run 19-inch front, 17-inch rear wheels. One is at the bottom end of the price spectrum and the other is at the top. Electric differences, both bikes are similarly equipped in the electronic stakes, though differ somewhat in their approaches. The Suzuki, with three sliding scales of control, SDMS, throttle map, TC and ABS. The Pan America has multiple preset ride modes, which not only change the throttle mapping, ABS and traction control, but also the suspension setup as well. Setting up the Pan America was a matter of playing with the controls through the full colour TFT display not too dissimilar to setting up a car on a PlayStation game. The suspension is electronically controlled, so no sag or preload to do manually. The Suzuki is a bit more hands-on. We rolled forward the bars a little, put the seat in high mode, set the suspension sag and tweak the preload and rebound. Now the plan. My riding buddy Todd and I planned a route to take us from Picton to Blenheim on the gravel via Port Underwood through Taylor Pass to Awatiri Valley Road down through the Molesworth to Hanma Springs, then to our accommodation in Waiau. Yeah, we were cheap. <laughs> we took it in turns, we were away for two nights, I was paying for the first night, so we were staying in fuck nowhere. For day two, the plan was to hit the Lewis Pass to Nelson, and that's where Todd was paying for the accommodation. He picked a nice little B&B overlooking the harbour. And day three, we had a leisurely cruise along Queen Charlotte Drive back to Picton. This route would allow us to test the bikes on a good mix of gravel, fast twisty tarmac and a nice cruise to the finish line. I figured we'd understand more about the common ground and differences between the bikes as we rode. Day one. From the ferry, we set our beeline navigation and got on with getting accustomed to the bikes. Our first taste of gravel was Taylor Pass. I was on the Suzuki and switched to rider mode B, ABS2, turned the traction control off. I found it to be a little unnerving to start with, uh, under brakes, as the ABS couldn't be completely turned off, but it didn't take me long to get used to it and I was away humming in no time. The Harley-Davidson was the standout though here. We switched it to off-road mode, which softened up the suspension slightly and turned the ABS off completely, retaining just a little traction control. This was our first chance to really put the Harley-Davidson through its paces on the gravel, and we were quite surprised at how good it was. It, w it is a very well-sorted bike straight out of the box, with its OEM Michelin Scorcher Adventure tyres inspiring some confidence. The electronic suspension seems to know just what you want it to do and adjusts accordingly. And the adaptive ride height system, which lowers when you come to a stop, is brilliant, especially for those who struggle to reach the ground with older joints. Traction control is great also, allowing just enough slide to have fun, but keeping everything checked. Out onto Awatiri Valley Road and down to the northern boundary of the Molesworth. The Suzuki was in rider mode A and the Harley was in sport mode. Two 1000cc plus adventure touring motorcycles on a sunny country road having a blast and burning through dinosaur juice like it was 1997. This is what summer bike trips are made of and we were excited to do a load more gravel under massive skies with wide open terrain. However, we were abruptly forced back into reality when greeted with a closed gate and a massive padlock at the northern boundary of the Molesworth homestead. 
The big storm that blew through in July had damaged our Teddy Valley Road, meaning it was actually only open to residents. We'd blasted through here without even noticing. This also meant the northern gate to the Molesworth wouldn't be open until the late summer of 2022, forcing us to backtrack to Seddon and take State Highway 1 down to Kaikoura, heading inland towards Mount Lyford, and finally rolling into our accommodation around 8pm. Day 2. After the disappointment of not being able to ride the Molesworth through to Hanma, we saddled up early. After a quick stop in Culverdon for breakfast, we got on the road through to Lewis Pass. We'd already had a long day in the saddle and we're really starting to get to know the bikes pretty well. The Harley Sport mode is great when you want full-on attack, but switching it to road mode eases back the savagery of the throttle. It softens up the ride beautifully. The V-Strom's SDMS mode B does a similar thing, removing the aggressive, slightly snatchy feeling and giving a smooth roll on and off of the throttle. I found myself preferring the firmness of the V-Strom seat on the gravel, as well as its ergonomics when standing up. Now that we were in road touring mode, I was leaning towards the Harley-Davidson's plusher seat and more relaxed ergonomics. One thing the comparatively low-tech Suzuki has over the Harley, though, is a USB charging socket on the left-hand side of the dash cluster, meaning I could charge my phone while on the go. There's also a full auxiliary power socket under the Suzuki's pillion seat as well. We barreled through to Murchison for morning tea, then on to Sananid for the obligatory lake photo. Next up was lunch at the Wakefield Bakery. If you're ever in the area, be sure to stop by for a chicken pie. Finally, we cruised through to Nelson and our accommodation for the night. Day 3. The first job was to find a morning coffee. Riding around town, the bike certainly looked the part, covered in bugs and remnants of the first day's mud and dust. Today's ride was a cruisy wee jaunt of around 200 kilometres from Nelson to Havelock, and finally the lovely Queen Charlotte drive to Picton once again. The July storm, which had affected our Teddy Valley Road, had also made a mess of Queen Charlotte Drive, with around nine landslips where the whole left-hand lane had washed away into the sea. So our twisty trundle back to the ferry wasn't quite what we'd been expecting. The bikes. During the whole of this three-day ride, we'd been chatting about the bikes on our Cardo intercoms while riding, discussing each of the bikes and where each one shone. Both have pros and cons. On one hand, you have the latest and greatest electronics package in the Harley-Davidson Pan America, not to mention that Revolution Max 1250 engine, which really gets the bike moving. And when the variable valve timing comes on song, the sound from the exhaust is fantastic. But there's also something to be said for the Suzuki and its more conventional, less high-tech approach to controls and setup. The 1037cc engine is not to be sniffed at either and gets along quite well, thank you very much. Head-to-head, the V-Strom can actually outperform the Harley. Sometimes. The Harley is more comfortable. The Suzuki is more simple. The Harley might be more approachable, the Suzuki has a clearer button layout. The Harley has a nicer screen. I could go back and forth like this all day. I think, in the hands of a really talented rider, the Suzuki might be more capable, but in my hands, both bikes were pretty much as capable as each other. I couldn't even separate them when it came to fuel economy. The Harley, with its close to 200cc more engine capacity, used almost exactly the same amount of fuel as the Suzuki. I initially thought of the V-Strom as a poster bike of adventure bikes. 
it's been around for so long, with only small changes between model years, that a lot of people discount it without riding it. While many people interested in the sector might laugh at the idea of buying a Pan America because it's a Harley, what could they possibly know about making an adventure bike? So which bike would we buy? When we finally reached Picton and while sitting waiting for the ferry, I asked my riding companion Todd the question one last time, which would you pick? Todd, who owns a Tiger 800, a DR650 and a V-Strom 650, said surprisingly he would choose the Harley-Davidson. He was a little embarrassed to say that, and herein lies the thing. The Pan America is a brilliant bike, no two ways about it. It's so far removed from your granddad's Harley, and if it had a Yamaha or a Suzuki logo up the side, you wouldn't think twice about it. But because Harley-Davidson have a certain leather-wearing, chrome-loving stigma, some people might be embarrassed to even try the Pan America. But they shouldn't be. This is a bike that should be taken seriously. It's that good. When asked which I would go for, I came down on the side of Suzuki. I preferred the ergonomics. The DR big styling grew on me over time and the colour scheme looks better in person than the, pictures which su- than the pictures would suggest. Sure, it has a hard seat. The OEM tyres are a little road-focused for my liking. But at around $10,000 cheaper than the Pan America, you could fix the seat, put some more adventure-focused tyres on it, and still have money in your pocket to actually ride the bike for a few summers. After around 800 kilometres and three days of riding, I can say that the Harley-Davidson Pan America is a beautiful bike, and you should not discount it because of its badge. And the Suzuki V-Strom 1050 XT is a simply brilliant bike that offers a lot for the money. Thank you very much to both Harley-Davidson and Suzuki for lending us the bikes. If you want to see the full story and the photos, head to kiwirider.co.nz. Check out January 2022, Volume 2. And that about wraps up the show. Thanks very much for sticking with us throughout the episode. Don't forget, if this is your first time, hit that subscribe button and share this podcast with a writing buddy of yours. MotoNZ.com is the website where all the stories go up in printed form with photos as well. Don't forget to check out Matt's website. That is on throttle.co.nz. And the latest Kiwi Rider magazine is live and free for you to read and download and enjoy right now at kiwirider.co.nz. We've done it. We got through another episode. Thanks very much for joining us. Uh, This is Kiwi Rider Podcast. My name is Ray Heron. Keep the rubber side down throttle on, and we'll catch you in seven days' time. This episode of Kiwi Rider Podcast was brought to you by Shiny Side Up. Join the Shiny Side Up team for a very special live stream event on the 10th of April for a chance to win your share of over $8,000 worth of prizes. We'll be joined by some awesome local and international motorcycling experts such as Chaotic Blonde, Sam McCafferty, Andrew Stroud, Kevin Williams, Dr. Chris Huron, Jay Reeve and Charlie Borman. Shiny Side Up Online, April 10th, 2022. Proudly brought to you by Ride Forever, ACC, Waka Kotahi New Zealand Transport Agency and MSAC. For more information, check out the Shiny Side Up Facebook page or shinysideup.co.nz. And thanks for supporting Kiwi Rider Podcast.